You're listening to Alana Fitzgerald's Because I Can podcast. Hope you enjoy. Well, a big howdy to everybody out there in podcast land. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. Now, we have today, I'm very excited, and I say that every time, but I really am very excited about everybody that's been on the podcast. And today, we have such an interesting topic. I can't wait to get into it. Now, we have Cheryl Gottschall from UFORQ. How are you going, Cheryl? I'm great, thanks, Alana, and thanks for having me. Oh, you are so, so welcome. Now, you are the expert at all of this, so I'm actually going to stand back a bit and just let you flow out with all the information that you know. Such an interesting topic. So, for those who don't know what UFORQ is, that is UFO. Research Queensland. So you are a part of this, and if you'd like to tell me what you do and how you become a part of this. Sure. Uh, well, I'm the president of UFO Research Queensland. I got involved with the organisation in 1988, so that's 34 years ago. Wow. Um, and um, the way that I got involved with it was because at the time I was doing a, I was studying the Bible of all things. Were you? And Yes, I was, and yes. I was um, looking at the, some of the scriptures and thinking these descriptions of angelic visitations sound more like extraterrestrial contact to me. Wow! And one thing led to another. Mm-hmm. So I got in touch with UFO Research Queensland, and which, by the way, used to be called the Queensland Flying Saucer Research Bureau back in the sixties. Yes, um, and. Um, and I just sort of started putting the pieces together in a different way, I guess. I had a different perspective from then on about... Um, How you know, interesting. Descriptions of, of, in our history, of things that have been interpreted in so many ways. Mm. You know? mm. Mm. That, that is so, so interesting. And UFORQ has been running for a long time, hasn't it? It's just such an interesting tom- topic. So, and that's why you become a part of it from, from way back then from what you interpreted from the Bible. Isn't that funny? And mm, it, it's, everyone's got a different story of how they, how they found the organisation, which yeah. I find curious, and people who've been long-time researchers. Yep. Um, yeah. And, and has when you were – I was thinking perhaps you've encountered um, a UFO, or actually are they called UFOs still? I mean, that's what the general public know them as, but isn't it now – UAP, Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon. I can't say that word, phenomenon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't like the term because it muddies the waters. So I think mm. the UFOs okay. because they are unidentified flying objects. We're not talking about aerial phenomena, unusual aerial phenomena like atmospheric um, yep. things that we can see. So, yeah, it's a bit of a diffusion of what it actually means, I think, and I feel it's on purpose too. So I see. But... Um, yeah, people have described all types of um, seeing all types of different things. I've had my own experiences. That was that was um, my question. That I, I thought that's maybe why you got into it. So what happened with you? Ooh, tell us. Well, that's not why I got involved. But after I did, um, we used to go on sky watches, yeah. and so and it was known that UFOs were often seen at, over large bodies of water. So yeah. we went to a place. Our organisation as a group went to um, Wyvernhoe Dam, which is west of Brisbane, about 45 minutes drive. Yes, I just want to and, say, uh, I forgot to say that you're based in Brisbane. So for, for any of the listeners, I'm just saying that, yes, that, that UFORQ is based in Brisbane. Yep. Sorry, keep going. And um, we, we camped overnight at uh, one of the camping grounds there and about 3am mm-hmm. um, there were about eight of us who were awake yep. and we or were woken up, I should say, because on our sky watches we have a roster and we had three people on every two hours during the night so the skies watched the whole whole night. And, um, and do you have telescopes or anything or you're just, you're just looking, looking out for anything in particular? Like I've, I, it's um, so interesting to me. I want to know every detail how you actually do it. Well, we didn't. You can't, we didn't see a UFO through a telescope. No, but we. That was a stupid question. <laughs> no, it's not a stupid question. It's just that they move, so it's very hard to 
yep. maintain eye contact with something that's moving through a telescope. Yep, I'm going to edit that bit out. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you want me to continue? Yeah, for sure. Yep, okay. So, um, there were three gentlemen who were on roster at 3am and they managed to wake up eight of us. One of them ran down to the campsite and they were up on the hill behind us. Woke us up, we ran towards the water mm. and we were on, camped on a very, very slight crest. And so I was camped on one side and the top of the crest and so I was, was looking down mm. at the water that was the first thing that I saw. Uh, and I saw a reflection on the water of three orange football-shaped objects and I looked up and that's what was in the sky. Oh, wow. And uh, they were about oh, about 200, maybe 300 metres out from the shore, mm. hovering uh, uh, probably at about a 45-degree angle from where I was standing at altitude. Yeah. And um, they... We just looked at them. They were, uh, I estimated they were about one and a half metres uh, in diameter, if you could call that, in a football shape from yeah. lot, lot, um, end to end lengthwise. Mm. Um, and they, one just went out. Oh. Uh, one just turned off. Another one drifted slowly away and disappeared. Mm-hmm. And another one uh, went down on the other side of the water to another piece of land that was jutting out and it went down into the trees. <gasps> uh, now, this was all, we saw all this happen over probably about, I don't know, five to ten minutes. So we had a good look at what these yeah. things were. Yep. And the guys, some of the guys got into a car and they drove around to the other side where this object came down mm. um, and they couldn't find anything because the first thing they thought, we all thought, or oh, maybe this is some sort of a hoax. Yeah. So, but they couldn't find anything on the ground. So the next morning in the daylight, they went back. They had a look around. Um, there was nothing on the ground where it had come down. There was no burn marks on the trees, mm. no nothing actually on the environment anywhere. Yeah. So we don't know what that was. But what was more curious to me uh, was how everyone responded to it. Yes. And I think that's probably... Um, a reason why we have a cover-up because people respond in such a diverse way. And these, these were all people who were all on the same page, we all accepted that extraterrestrial life existed and that, mm-hmm. that existed, it was interacting with uh, humans from time to time on planet Earth yep. uh, as well as other living beings and collecting samples and all sorts of things. Yeah. But everyone responded so differently. Um, oh, in a good style. or bad, or what, what? Weren't they there to actually see that? Weren't they were, but because it was such a close sighting, mm. I mean, it was it really left us all awestruck yeah. to see it, you know, to see it for ourselves. So, um, yeah, everyone just responded by one, you know, one person went into denial of, of I don't know what that was, it, it wasn't real. Another one was um, uh, a scientist and he just sort of discarded it, and some people wanted said, "Oh my gosh, is that was that was that what was that?" You know, like yeah. it was of unknown origin. Uh, was it a genuine? Were they genuine UFOs? Mm. Um, some people just accepted it wholeheartedly. Like everyone just had that different response, and that was was just... oh, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, I just cut out again um and and so everyone had a, a different isn't that funny and you've you've all seen the same thing but how the different perceptions everyone has and what what was yours what did you think well I was awestruck I thought wow this is really I was intrigued and mm. excited and um I didn't think it was a hoax because of the way that they were moving because when they were first seen way off in the high up in the sky by these guys, um, mm. it just looked like one object. And then when they looked at it through the binoculars, it was three, mm. uh, three small ones travelling close together. And then when it came down, it was what they what these objects did. They just seemed to just drift down to our viewpoint and yep. just sort of were very slow moving. They were quiet, um, like I'm talking. Low, you know, really slow. Do you think so, that they might have been observing you lot? Well, that was one thing that I thought was possible. Mm. And 
the other part to this story was the week before, we'd been putting out these mental ideas, these projections, to make contact. Yep. Um, so um, I think, I don't know. It certainly wasn't a psychic phenomenon, I don't think. Yeah. We were projecting psych- something psychically and it manifested. But, um, yeah, I just can't explain how we couldn't find any trace of the object that came down on the, yep. on the land. And, it and very strange. If, if it was a hoax, how on earth can people carry that off? Like how you've explained it, how on earth would they be able to do a hoax like that? Yeah. It just yeah. seems like that would be near impossible, even with all the technology and everything. And why would they yeah, bother? Yeah, very difficult. Yeah, so I remember when I was younger, um, I grew up on a farm, mainly on a farm in Tamworth, and we went camping, and I was probably only 10 or something like that, and we all we were camping near the water, near the creek, and a fair way away from the main house. And, you know, as kids, and you tell scary stories, and we freaked each other out. So we thought, oh, my God, I'm going back home. So as we were walking back home, and we looked up at the sky, and there was – it wasn't a star, it wasn't a plane, it wasn't a comet, it wasn't anything like that, but a, a lot big light – and as we walked along, because we're out on a, on a farm, um, so it's beautiful, big, bright sky, this light followed us all the way back. It was quite high up in the sky, but it followed us all the way back to the house. Mm. It's, mm. And we were, you know, we're young kids. We'd already freaked each other out with scary ghost stories, and then we look up and this light's following us. We're like, oh. And I really feel like it was something as, mm. I mean, oh, what a basic statement. But, you know, that it was something else. It, it wasn't – it was just very eerie in a way, but still like it was like as if it was just following us all the way back to the house. Did, so, did it disappear when you got to the house? Um, I can't remember. I think mm. by that stage we were kind of walking really quick and then quicker and quicker and then ah! <laughs> started was it running. very high? It was, yep. It was quite high up. But it just it definitely it wasn't a plane or a Commodore or anything like that. It was just this really, really, really bright, bright, you know, light star thing just slowly following us up really high as we walked, walked back to the, to the house. Mm. Yep. Mm. It's, it's quite beautiful thinking about it now, go, going back. It wasn't at the time because, as I said, we were already scared from ghost stories and then looked <laughs> up at that. So... From, you know, just walking along casually laughing and we got into a bit of a trot into a, uh, oh dear, and then holy shit. <laughs> but, yes, so that that's probably the only thing I can think of that, that I've had happen. But I do um, have a lot of friends, especially in America, where they have seen not just one sighting, where things have happened over and over, where there's aircraft just above them. Like above mm. the car, there was four of them. And, and as you were saying before, they all reacted different. One's mm. like, oh, it was a, you know, try to explain it away. A plane, they're going, how could that be a plane, man? It was just, it was a saucer shape and it was just above the car. And one just freaked mm. out and wouldn't talk about it. The other one believed it. So it, it is everyone's perspective when it, it, it would be a freaky thing to see, but I totally oh. believe them. What's more curious is then when you can have, a, um, like it's very common for two people, two friends to be out somewhere and they'll see something and it's very unusual, it might be close, um, it's obviously not from planet Earth mm. by their descriptions, they see it, they go, wow, and then they just turn around and start talking as if what they had seen wasn't amazing. Yes. And it just seems to go from their mind and I think that that is, um, it's either something to do with the human psyche mm. uh, or it's something to do with some sort of external uh, manipu- mind manipulation for people to just uh, discard it. Yep. And this happened recently. Someone rang me um, about a week and a half ago and said that he, was, he and his son and his daughter-in-law were sitting outside in the evening just chatting. And, the, and uh, this is the in, a, a, in what part of – is this in Australia? Yes, it is, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I can't remember offhand. I think it was North Sunshine Coast, maybe. Yeah. 
uh, and um, in Queensland, right. and um, he uh, so the son his son decided to go to bed and just left himself with his daughter and all sitting outside, mm-hmm. and they were, they looked over the road and which was bushland and they saw this red object behind a tree. They could see it through the fork of the tree, oh. and they went, oh, that's interesting. And then they started, just turned around, just completely discarded it. And they started talking to each other and just ignored it. It's like it just disappeared, I suppose. And um, I can't quite remember now. But but the thing that struck me was that they just picked up their conversation where they'd left off. After seeing this object, which was startling behind a tree. Yep. And But there's the other part to this story is, um, I think he said he got up and he walked over... to some other place, and then he looked up and saw the moon was very high. Yeah. And he thought that, that he and his daughter had a discussion about that and thought, well, the moon shouldn't be there. It was only just there. And they realized they had two hours of missing time. Oh, you're kidding. After seeing the object. Oh, yeah. I just got goosebumps. Hmm. So, yeah, oh. there's, I mean, what can seemingly be a very, um, uh, wow. Uninteresting thing yeah. <laughs> to see. A simple sighting for them turned out to be something else, and or possibly something else. That's so right. Two hours of missing time. And, and he said, "My phone was sitting on the table. I have no idea why I did not pick it up and take a photo." Yes. Yep. Mm. That's the thing too. Oh, that is so. Ooh, oh, I got goosebumps. And and for the the missing two hours, do they? Remember anything? Does or no. can they get hypnotized? Or well, they could, but there's no guarantee that hypnotic recall is accurate. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, right. You know, that's it's just it's probably the last go-to place that people need to go to. But yeah. Um. Yeah. They just don't know. Yeah. So there's um. Do you get a lot of people that um because because people can actually um write into your website or ring you and and explain and tell you about their own sightings and occurrences too, can't they, if you want to give people information if that are listening now anywhere over the world. You're based in Brisbane, Australia, but you can um, if you can give them the details if they have any sightings that they could uh, let you know. Yeah, where to contact you mean? Yes. Yes, they can um, contact us through the website um, or... Um, the, our office number, which um, is a Brisbane number, which mm-hmm. is 33761780. And that's that's Australia too, so you can ring 07 within um, Australia yep. if you're not in the Brisbane area yep. and also from overseas you'd have to work out the code. And what is yeah, your we website? Have a, we have a Facebook page too. Oh, and, fantastic. Uh, we're on Twitter and uh, Instagram as well. Yep, and it's U-F-O-R-Q. Yeah, and the, yes. Yep. Yes, the website is... UFORQ, which is short for UFO Research Queensland, .asn .au. Yep, okay. Now, if anyone has their own stories, you can You can also, if anyone has any stories, you can contact me and let me know. I'd love to have a chat to you about it. Now, you, um, we, we were saying before, it might have been on our first take, um, about that a lot of people from the 1990s, did you say there's been sightings? There's thousands of sightings everywhere across the world. It cannot possibly be everybody imagining things or hoaxes or anything. There's obviously something there. Well, that's my belief anyway. And you were saying from 1990, I think you said, through to the 2000s, there was a lot of people that had reported to you about abductions. Yes, they did. Um, this, up until that point, we were getting about 100 reports a year. Mm-hmm. Through the 90s, we were getting about 500 a year. Wow. And uh, so it just something really big happened in the 1990s and it happened all around the planet. Oh, so, okay. um, yeah. What I it wonder was, why. Do you, ha- do you know why at all? Or it's just, you can't possibly know why, really, can you? It must be whoever's up no. there going, right, we're doing a... This next 10 years, we're doing a, a research. We're stepping it up, boys, and then they, they must have come down here more often. Well, because it was so consistent, so prolonged and uh, so relentless, mm. um, there were a lot of theories being expanded by UFO researchers from 
um, you know, they're collecting samples to their farming human beings because oh. how long do you need to collect samples and how often? Yep. Um, so there was a lot of a lot of um, uh, unusual speculation, let's put it that way, yep. through those years. Yep. And there was certainly the revelation that this was a huge conspiracy, much bigger than we'd ever thought about covering up the existence of extraterrestrials visiting planet Earth, mm. um, you know, <laughs> wow. for, for a very long time. Uh, and and um, a lot of people started digging into the, using the Freedom of Information Act to um, gather documents that would prove this. Yep. Uh, well, now we have, um, since 2017, we've had um, articles appear in the Washington Post and New York Times about the black budget that was put aside to fund these um, secret studies yes. about UFOs. Yep. Yep. And uh, we've had now we have uh, US naval crew who are, have been coming forward and whistleblowing, saying that they've been on the you know in the uh, on um, in the strike carrier strike group, and they're on the US warship, and they are seeing UFOs on a daily basis, and that's been going on for quite a few years. Yep, and and so they isn't that wonderful? They're all coming forward now. Yes, the the um, reality of it is starting starting to hit home. I yep. think um, with a lot has happened in the last five years in relation to the reality of it. Yep, because there's like you said, there's so much coming out that has been hidden for so long. Mm. And, and, well, apparently, I'm doing inverted commas and they can't see me, listeners, but I am. Um, so, yes, apparently. But it, it's – I definitely believe there is something out there. But I, I often wonder why it, it's hidden. Why, why is it covered up? Like, I'm, I'm sure everybody's heard of Roswell and, and that huge big cover-up. And if you want to briefly explain what that was in case people don't know and the big cover-up, and also why do you think – it is covered up. Like, why? I don't understand. Well, in a nutshell, a UFO crashed and alien bodies were retrieved from the craft and were studied. That's and that's Ros- in Roswell, Roswell in, in, in America. In, uh, in 1947. Yep, yep. yep. Um, as to why there's a cover-up, gosh, there's a million reasons why there could be. I think certainly for a long time, um, one of the big reasons was because we don't, the government and the military did not know how humanity would respond if they thought extraterrestrials were real. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, um, I mean, you can't have people, I mean, if, that were, if they suddenly came out and said this is real yeah. uh, in a major way, very quickly, then you probably had vigilante groups going up and down the street saying, oh, I knew my neighbour was an alien all along. Let's go get him. Oh, sort of yes, that could bring out a few of the, yep, I see. <laughs> a few of the really extreme crazy people. Not crazy, but they just have a, a different perspective yep. about that, you know, yep. um, which they're not happy with. And so, and then there's opens the door. Well, they lied to us about this. What else are they lying to us about yep. all this time? Yep. Um, the government can't really save space on this issue mm. by suddenly saying, we've been lying to you all these years and ex- we've always known that extraterrestrials are here. It's not going to happen. Yep. You know, not until it appears on a ballot paper somewhere, I think, um, yeah. will, will that have any sort of relevance. Yep. Um, and UFO researchers always thought that if they had information uh, from reliable sources, which we do now, that that would change the public view of the UFO phenomenon. Well, actually, it really hasn't. Yeah. Um, it takes a long time for a civilization to to um, let go of some ideas and adopt new ones. It's, and it usually happens one coffin at a time, basically. So you've got to wait for generations of people to die out and the uh, people coming in who who are more open to these ideas, mm. you know, um, mm. and can accept them more readily. Yep, and I suppose um, everybody has um, a difference of opinion anyway. So you might have a heap that would believe, and and then other ones that don't. As you were saying before, the ones that also have seen it and 
And as with my friends as well that saw it, the whole four of them had a totally different perspective on what had just happened. So I don't think everyone's always going to believe it, but it's it's definitely there. The um, there's been a lot of uh, cover ups, and even though they are researching it and have money towards it, and governments and all that in America and and researching it, but they're still saying no, they're not. Hmm. And, um, you know, just on that point, we still have people on the planet who think that the Earth is flat. Yes. So, you know, it takes that's a right. very long time for people to accept truth. Yeah, that's right. And sometimes never. this is a reality. Yep. This is a reality. Yep. And, I mean, there's an office now set up, <laughs> an official office. I mean, there always has been, but they've been in secret. Now there's an official public office uh, being set up uh, to study the UFO phenomenon. Yep. So and where's that? That's in the, in the US. Oh, yes. I can't remember the department, but it was sort of, you know, um, I think it was established, helped to be established by the Pentagon, but it's in a particular department. Yep. I can't think of the one right now. So it's pretty much yeah, always so there doing that, but now they're just going, oh, this is what we're doing. But, yep. Yep. Yeah. It's, uh, it's such an amazing subject. And how interesting um, what you get to do every day. That's fantastic. Well, at the moment, sightings have become fairly quiet because there's not a lot of activity around in Australia. I can't talk about anywhere else on the planet. But um, we don't really need that activity to be able to say this is a reality Mm. and now we need to prepare for a future where humanity will ultimately and eventually become a um, part of a galactic neighbourhood. You know, we will leave the planet, we will get out there amongst the stars. Yep. In a big way, we may even become a multi-planetary society, who knows. Um, and, you know, it's, it's going to happen. It's just it's a matter of um, time. When, yeah, yeah. yeah. And over, over time, the more we get out in the stars, the more people will be able to accept that. Um, and there will be, you know, people... Uh, who are saying that, uh, oh, we had this strange interaction when we were in space, like some of the astronauts have already. Yep. Yeah, and and if we can shoot men out into space, then there's obviously so many things out there and and then why not think that, you know, because we can do that, that there isn't others there. And I feel like they come here when you see sightings and all sorts of things. I even see them coming out of the ocean, the one that was, um, I think you had touched on that before, that mm-hmm. uh, the fighter jets or something flew over. They'd been yep. um, watching these on the screens and that and all the objects that were there, but they went and saw like the water churning and it come up out of the water mm-hmm. and That's then nice. shot off quicker than twice the speed of light or something or other. Um, yeah. So there's, they've got to have such good technology, obviously, so there's something out there that is for sure. Yeah, it and is. It's, and, and the, um, the abduction things, what we were saying before, I find that quite amazing. So do you know any, any stories you can tell us of people getting abducted or what happens to them or just in, in general? Yeah, well, typically they're taken away against their will yep. uh, onto a, a ship and um, they are, have medical examinations done on them. Sometimes sperm and ova are taken from them. Oh, dear. And um, for what purposes is not quite clear, but some people suggest there's a hybrid breeding program going on where um, extraterrestrials are trying to breed with uh, with the human species. Yeah. Um, and then they um, they might be, you know, they. I've often heard them say that they've been uh, taken into rooms where other humans are sitting there in a sort of mesmerised state, and um, oh. and you know some people will play along with it, particularly when they're children. They don't know what's going on, so they'll just sit there and pretend they're in the same state. And there was a few cases where people had tried to escape, and they did. Um, they did escape. And, yeah, they got off the off the spaceship. Um, that was one one particular case I'm thinking about. I think he said he couldn't. Really, he saw a door, some some sort of a door, some way to get off it, and he just ran mm. as a kid. You know, just ran out of there. Um, so that suggests that it was on the ground. That's what I'm that thinking. The UFO was actually on the ground. Yeah. Mm. So, oh. And in some cases, they are. Sometimes they seem to be underground. Um, oh. 
So, you know, if people are taken to all sorts of different places, sometimes they're aware that they're in space, they can see outside and, and um, see things outside the spaceship. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's... Oh. Uh, and, and then people are, are returned to their point of origin where they were taken from, but not always. Mm. Sometimes they're taken, um, you know, they're replaced in the wrong spot. Yeah. And um, and some of them, are, are they gone like for hours or days, like in our time? They, mm. They're gone, are some of them gone for days or just hours or, or what happens there? And then they can't remember or, or do they remember it all the time? I suppose everyone's different. I'm so excited. Sorry, 50 questions. <laughs> well, sometimes people go missing for an hour or yeah. they have a, sorry, I should say they, they discover they have missing time. Yeah. And this is where they start to go, well, in, you know, what, what happened here? You know, what, what happened in that two hours or yeah. three hours or whatever it is? Sometimes they'll go missing from, you know, one to a few hours to the days at a time. And there was, um, I'm thinking of a woman who was, she was flying um, to a property in rural Queensland mm. uh, in a light plane because that's how a lot of people travelled. And they were um, having some sort of a family get-together, I think it was, and she was due to fly in. Yeah. To meet the family on this property, and she didn't arrive. Mm-hmm. And um, anyway, she did arrive eventually. Yeah. But uh, in the meantime, they've all gone out looking for her. Um, and um, there was someone at the house, and then they called other people and said she's here. Blah blah blah. And um, anyway, so they all arrived back, and she goes, "What's going on? What's going on?" They said, "You've been missing. You were supposed to be here yesterday." <gasps> Oh, said, I nearly choked myself. I did such a... <coughs> <coughs> Sorry. I'm said, so intrigued. My nose mean? is on the microphone. <coughs> yeah. She said, what do you mean? I, I just left an hour ago. And I said, no, you've been missing for 24 hours. Oh, my goodness me. And so she had... Oh, dear. There's those types of situations. And, and she didn't have the... Uh, like, her tank wasn't empty. Um, <gasps> she had just had uh, 24 hours missing. And they couldn't explain. It was never explained. And and she couldn't remember anything? As far as she was aware, she'd just flown from her property to this other property for in an hour's flight. Oh, my goodness. Isn't that just – it's it's beyond amazing. Look, it is. Mm. Well, the, yeah. and the, yes, and there's so many, so many stories like that. I I know. I remember watching on a, a documentary or something about the the guy in America. I think there was four or five of them, and he got taken up. They watched him. They watched the UFO land and take him up into the UFO, and then he disappeared. But they thought the four or five guys. They thought. Um, that they had murdered him. Oh, you're talking about the Travis Bolton case. Yes, where they were all uh, they were all cutting wood out in the forest. Yes, yes, and, and they came across a UFO that was hovering on the side of the um, the fire trail, I think it was, and uh, they were in a in a ute, and Travis got out, and he uh, being Travis being Travis, he went out and he stood underneath the UFO, which was very low. Mm. And uh, and it zapped him, yep. and they took off because and he because he fell to the ground, and they took off because they thought they were next. Yeah, um, and they thought Travis was dead, uh, and then they got to a certain point down the road and they said, "No, we have to go back. We have to go back. We can't leave him there." So they went back. Neil so was gone, and so was Travis. Yeah, mm. and he he was gone for quite a while though, wasn't he? Because they were all going to be charged with murder. That's right, yeah. But when he turned up... Was it days? And in a, and in a, um, a phone box, I think it was, outside of town, mm. he called, I think he called his brother. I can't quite remember now, but um, called someone anyway to say he was there. And then he came back. Of course, um, you know, they <laughs> the authorities thought the whole thing was a ruse. Yes. So they all underwent... Um, uh, I think except for one, they underwent... Um, Lie um, detectors and all sorts of things. Hypnosis and... Yep. 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 And Travis himself had three lie detector tests. Mm. So um, and uh, it proved that they were telling the truth. Yep. Yeah. They and did not kill him. Obviously. Yep. And he he was yeah that it's just extraordinary the the, the stories like that. Um, mm. 
And and for the, I'm sure that some would remember, whereas other ones don't or don't want to, or it's too traumatic. But um, you do. I have heard a lot of stories, and and they get called crazy. A lot of people don't mm. believe them. Oh, you're making it up. Oh, you're crazy. Or, but it would be so traumatic remembering all of that. What what happens to you? The stories that are told in so much detail about what happened to them, explaining, describing the whole ship, describing what they look like, and they're, and they're quite often described in in the same way as we see portrayed, you know, in drawings and things. But it's um, and I know a, a friend um who a friend of a friend that said when she was a little girl um in Sydney, she was just sitting on her bed reading. And then everything started shaking and she was taken from out, out of the window. She said all her life that she was abducted by aliens and they took her from out of the window and landed like nearly in her backyard. Yeah, that's not uncommon. Mm. That's not uncommon. In those, through that 10-year period, we were hearing those sorts of stories all the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, what went on, you know, it's really hard to know. Um, but a lot did go on. We, we, all we know is what people told us happened to them. Yeah. And people, a lot of people repeated these stories over and over again. That, that's right. Uh, and they had multiple experiences. They didn't, often just didn't have one. They had multiple yep. experiences. Yep, that's right. And, and as I said before, the things that happened right around the whole world, the sightings, the, the abductions, the, the, the stories, the, everything, it can't just be Everybody making that up, like mm, that's right. there, there's definitely something. Even to anybody that's just no, no way, it doesn't exist. You'd have to, if you think properly, that there's something there. So yeah, definitely. And there are cases where there are, like there are ground trace cases where there's effects on the environment where the mm. um, the spacecraft has been or. Um, you know, there's landing marks on the ground as wow. well. So it's not like there's, there's ever been no evidence. That and when it comes to alien abduction experiences, I mean, people were reporting tooth marks on their bodies or or cuts that would, you know, there was scar tissue where they'd been cut and it had been healed in like, um, you know, mm. in hours, uh, yeah. things like that. So there was obviously this technology that extraterrestrials used uh, quite, quite advanced. That's right. So we're oh, and I didn't know that. So they they come back and they've got the marks on them from when they've been abducted and getting all the tests done, and then when they come back, it heals really quickly. Yes, yes. isn't that amazing? There's Imagine the technology no in- they have. I don't know. Usually, te- um, there's no infection. Wow. Um, and the scar tissue is like it's formed very quickly. Um, so there's been some sort of speeding up of cell- cellular regeneration going on there yep. so um yeah and of course we have all the cases of implants that are showing up on x-rays oh what's that scans. implants little objects that have been placed into people's bodies often up in their sinuses behind oh. their ears uh, around the hairline um behind the knee uh on the knee you know um on their hand somewhere in the palm of their hand oh really Mm. And they have been um, thought to be tracking devices or perhaps in the more negative way, uh, control devices. Um, oh. Yeah. So, again, we don't really know, don't understand the technology, but it's there. So so when the – I haven't heard about the the Im- implants. that it's, So obviously that's been when someone's been abducted and they come back with that in them. Have, have they been dug out and looked into? Yes, yes. Uh, have, there was a gentleman by the name, uh, a doctor by the name of, um, oh my gosh, his name escapes me at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> but um, yes, so he, he wrote a book called Aliens in the Scalpel. Can't think of his name. Oh. But anyway, um, so uh, yes, and he retrieved a lot of those. There was also a researcher called Gerald Sims in the States. Mm-hmm. He retrieved a lot of those as well. So, yeah, there are people who've, who've dug these things out. Some people have found them themselves and they've been so frightened about it because um, they just threw them away. And I'll give you an example of a case where a gentleman, um, he was cleaning his 
teeth mm. and she could feel something in his mouth. <gasps> and it, when he was spitting out the toothpaste, he spat out this little little uh, round thing. It was like a, a very small white tic-tac. Uh, and, um, and you could see him under his tongue where it had been. There was a, uh, a hole basically, oh. which, but it wasn't uh, open. It it, is, uh, it was just, um, uh, how can I say, I, again, like a little scoop mark, but the yep. object had been in there. Yeah. And when, so when he went to pick it up, he put it in his, uh, out of the basin, he put it in his hand, and it moved. <gasps> no. And it scared the heck out of him, so he oh. just chucked it away, chucked it down the drain. Oh, no. So, and that's not the first time I've heard people being frightened by something like that. And they're just freaking Especially out so if it just come out of your away. mouth. Yeah. I'd be yeah. a bit freaked out too. Mm. And people have blown them out of their nose when they've um, oh. blown their nose. So, and and yeah. the, the ones that have found it like that, have they um, have any memory of, of being abducted or has anything happened to them or have they sighted something or have they just... Some of them have. Yeah. Some of them have... Um, They've had ongoing sightings, close encounters, abduction experiences, mm. um, and uh, and then this happens as well. On top of everything else, it's like, oh my god, how, you know, what the hell's going on in my life? Yeah. But that's not to say that they're the only types of experiences that people report. They also report uh, uh, positive and uplifting. Oh yes, positive. Yep. Experiences. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. And what's some of those? Well. Um, for example, there was one case that I can think of where uh, a woman was, she'd been camping mm. with her husband and uh, she was re- she looked out the tent, the open tent flap where they were and she saw this object in the sky, very bright, bright light and then the next thing she knows there's these boomerang shapes coming out of it, twirling around and around. Mm. The next thing she knows, she's in a particular place um, in a, like like a scene had been created. Yeah. And she's standing there and she sees something coming towards her from the distance and it turns out to be like a, a an open-top vehicle but there's no wheels and there's uh, two seats, uh, one behind the other, like in long, long seats, and there's two beings sitting in the front and two beings sitting behind. Yeah. And one of the beings in the front is holding a child. And they, this, this um, space age looking vehicle pulls up in front of her and they tele- um, telepathically communicate with her that this child is her future unborn son. Oh, well. And uh, she's talking to them telepathically and she wants to hold the child uh, and they say, no, no, no. Um, but then they allow her to, but they spray her down with something first, oh. so she's completely um, wet, and then in the next instance, she's, it's completely dried off. So some sort of protective mechan- um, spray, yep. so that biological, you know, biological spray, I guess, so that the child isn't infected. And they hand this child to her, and she's looking at the child and thinking how beautiful, how lovely, and she's crying with happiness and oh. all these types of things. So... Isn't that and then um, after t- after a time, you know, they want the child back. She does not want to keep it. You know? Yeah. But eventually, she hands the child back, and they leave. And the next thing she knows, she's waking up in the in the tent. Um, and then when she eventually, when she does have her son, um, a year or two down the track, mm. the baby, the young child, looks exactly like um, the one that was shown to her in that experience. Oh wow. Oh, I've got goosebumps and these again. Were, they were very human looking and they were completely covered in head to toe from sil- in silver body, uh, body suit. Right. Which is, we heard a lot of that in the 60s actually. Yep. So, but this happened in the, I think it was the 80s. Yep. So, um, yeah, oh. so people can have really um, nice yep. Yep. experiences too. There are extraterrestrial scientists and researchers who are very interested in life on this planet and mm. face it, it's abundant with life. So there are a lot of resources here that where they can come and study. Yep, that's um, right. Living, yeah. living creatures, you know. And I've, I mean, I remember there was a case years ago where uh, someone reported seeing a landed spaceship and aliens out of outside and bending over and picking up things from the ground, like they perhaps picking up um, 
different stones or, or different um, bugs. Or, oh, so um, the aliens were, were – I feel awful calling them that, but, the, you know, so they were bending over, picking up things. Yeah, samples, gathering samples. Wow. Yeah. Mm. Isn't that amazing? And there's a lot of things that you can tell by studying soil over a period of time about yes. what's going on environmentally yes. on the planet. Yep. So it makes sense to me. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, there's so many interesting stories. Um, mm. Do you have any that come to mind that have been reported to you or that you know of um, that that are kind of that come to mind stories that that you know? I know you've you've told us for you. I just want to hear more. I am so intrigued. I'm on the edge of my chair. <laughs> I love it. Um, but imagine the the some of them up there, as we we're saying. You know, they might be looking at us too. They must look down at some of us and go, oh. Really, what are they doing? <laughs> like, mm, I wonder if yeah. they have those conversations, whether it's telepathically to each other or not. But just going, what are they doing? Or what is she wearing? What? <laughs> 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 and I'm talking about me. Or you know, it would be very interesting. And wouldn't it be wonderful in years and years to come? And if we, you know, do start to intermingle, that we could ask them that themselves. You know, were you looking oh. down at people going, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Yes, I mean, uh, wouldn't you have a lot of questions? Yes. You know, uh, especially if they're time-travelling, um, yes. time-travelling aliens. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. right, which they seem to be was, because people lose time all over the shop when they've had encounters mm, and, yeah, mm. it's such an extraordinary um, thing. Yep. There was one case I'd like to share with you which was happened back in, I think it was 1959, mm-hmm. and it was, you may have heard of it, it was the... Um, uh, uh, Father William Gill case. It was up in, um, I think it was Boinai in, in um, New Guinea. Right, no, yep. And uh, he was an Anglican priest and um, he was there on a boys' mission that was there. Yep. And one night after, uh, no, before dinner, I think, or they were waiting for dinner, I can't quite remember now, but um, he was standing up on the beach um, or near the beach at the mission school, uh, and um, he was just looking up in the sky and he saw this object mm. that was uh, a typical spaceship, uh, classic spaceship uh, up in the sky. Yeah. And he's looking at it and then some of the mission boys came around and uh, some of the staff, and in total I think there were 38 uh, witnesses. Wow. And they all saw it. Yeah. And then, like, it wasn't that far up that they couldn't see, they could see detail. And um, what happened was these humanoids came out of the ship and stood on, they, like, stood on top. They appeared on top of the spaceship. Oh, wow. And one of the mission boys, um, he waved. And then a few of them waved, I think. And lo and behold, these aliens, let's call them, on top of the spaceship, which, uh, they waved back. Oh, that is so good. I've got goosebumps again. <laughs> so... Um, that's beautiful. And there, and there were these weren't the this wasn't the only one in the sky. There were a few, but further away. This one was quite close. Yeah. And they were they, the mission boys were sort of beckoning for them to come down onto the beach, but they never did. Oh. And eventually they took off. Yep. But there's there's a few things in there to unpack because first of all, like the top of the spaceship, it seemed to have some sort of a flat platform, so they they could come out. So these beings could exist in our atmosphere. Yep. Um, so they're breathing the same, you know, oxygen um, mix that we have. Yep. Um, they looked uh, human in shape. Oh. They, they were bending over and doing a few different things, so their body movements were similar to ours. Yep. Uh, and when the boys waved at them, they waved back, so they yes. understood what that understood. meant. Understood. That, that was my big thing. I'm thinking they waved back, so they know what a wave is. What, so they mm. must be watching us to know what that is. Yes, exactly. Isn't that amazing? The other thing I'm thinking, yeah. that whoever was driving the ship is a bloody good driver because if he had just tipped it a little bit left or right, they would have all fallen off. <laughs> that's another <laughs> well, that's thing to unpack. <laughs> yes, if it was me driving, they would have all plonked in the water. <laughs> <Yeah>. Sorry. <laughs> I'll send yeah. down the rope. 
Yes, exactly. Isn't that <laughs> that is just beautiful? I love that story. I've been covered in goosebumps so many times. All the stories you're telling me, I could listen to this and talk about it forever. It just intrigues me, and I love mm. it. It's just I definitely believe there's something out there. Even um, in uh, when I go to sleep at night, I've got a window that's sort of up high along, not a normal window, just a big long rectangle window right up the top, so I can see. As I'm laying in bed, I can see out into the sky. It's just beautiful. And at about probably f- nearly four in the morning, half past three, half past three, four in the morning, I wake up the same time, all the time, and open my eyes and there's, there's just always this one bright, bright, bright star, I'll call it, that it's like it, it wakes me up going, hello, here I am. And I just look at it for a while. Sometimes it appears to go in three and I think, have I been drinking? No, okay. Um, and then it goes back into one or it gets brighter and then smaller. And, and I just watch it for a while, feel hugely reassured and I say thank you to it and then I go back to sleep. Mm. <laughs> it's probably nothing, that's probably just me, but it, just to me, it, any, it, it's just quite reassuring and I definitely believe there's more out there. Than, than just us. Yeah, and, and I do too. I, I don't believe it. I accept the evidence. Absolutely. And, uh, a, lot of people, a lot of people say to me who interview me, say, you know, how long have you believed in this? And I say, I don't believe it. I've looked at the evidence all along and it's, mm. it's real, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I've to people who've, who've seen these things, who've experienced it. Um, yeah, every now and then, and not often, as you would think, there, is, there are some people who are just trying to um, you know, they're wish, wish fulfillment, you know, they're, yep. it's wishful thinking. Yeah. But it's rare. And yep. People, um, you know, creating hoaxes, it's a lot more rare than people think. Yeah. Um, and after hearing people's stories for, gosh, 34 years, yes, um, you get to know when people are telling you a genuine, genuine experience. Yep, absolutely. So I was reading just some local stories and there was hundreds and hundreds and hundreds but one that stuck to mind, there was a lady, just, just a normal everyday thing like, we're, like we do, was driving a four-wheel drive along and she could see like an object, we'll call it, in front of her at eye level um, and, and it was uh, night time. So it was, she could see it coming towards her at eye level and she was thinking, what is that? And there were, there were two lights and then they were moving and changing and then she could see it actually was a UFO and she was thinking, it's coming straight at me, it's going to hit the car. But as it got... Near her, it just lifted straight up and went up over the top of the car and took off. So, and she remembers that um, there was, she might have even, I might have been reading this off your website. Do you remember this story? And then she remembers through other people that she knew that they always said that a UFO had landed in their backyard and everyone thought that was crazy and didn't believe them. But in the backyard, nothing grew. After that, the grass didn't grow, no, nothing grew after that. And then when she had that experience, she thought, oh, well, maybe that really did happen. And that's just one mm. of thousands and thousands of stories. It, it's just such such an interesting thing to talk about, which, as I said, well, I, I could talk all day. But, yeah, no, tell me, is there another one? Oh, no, I was just going to mention, because you're on the Gold Coast, mm. I think it was about uh, from 2005 to 2010, mm. half of the reports that we were received were from the Gold Coast area, which was unusual. Oh. Um, and we, so for some reason, people on the Gold Coast were seeing things and we didn't know why that, because we have these hot spots from time to time where there'll be waves of UFO reports, um, which can go from days, weeks, months and even years. Wow. And then they disappear, which is exactly what happened. Yep. But I think what also helped was because um, I was communicating with a journalist from the Gold Coast who was interested in the subject, mm. and he'd ring up every now and then and ask what's happening on the Gold Coast. Yeah, And right. I'd tell him, and he'd publish it or get it published in the paper, and the Gold Coast Bulletin, I think it was. Yep. And, um, and that would bring other people's stories out. Right, yes. So it just goes to show how many people are living with stories but they don't talk about them. Yes, see, that's right. That's that's another side of it I never thought of. Of all the stories that are told, there's probably hundreds, that, thousands that aren't because mm. people don't want to come forward with it because people call them crazy and or that they made it up or that they're lying or – so, yeah, 
That's that's another side of it too, of how many stories that we don't know for that reason. And there was one very good story that comes to mind from the Gold Coast area was a woman who was the manager of one of the um, one of the multi-storey buildings on the beachfront. I can't remember. I think she was at Miami. Yeah. I think it was. She doesn't. This is about twenty years ago now. Yeah. And um, she was doing washing all the the bath towels, etc., on site. And she was doing that in the evening, and she was hanging them out the back of the building. Mm. And um, she, as she was doing that, she was became aware of something behind her, and she turned around and looked. And here's this huge uh, spaceship uh, just above her, silently. Yeah, and that's and uh, but she. You know, her senses had picked up that there was something there. And when she turned around, she got a shock. And she said to me, Cheryl, if I had a, a, a broom in my hand, I could have reached <gasps> out and touched it. It was well, that oh, close. Goosebumps again. And so she, she runs inside. She goes to her unit. I think it was on the first floor. I think it was, or maybe the ground. I can't remember. And um, and she saw the, there was lights that were spinning uh, around in her bedroom as she walked in there. In her bedroom? Oh, I see. So it was in her bedroom coming from outside. Yes. She walked into her bedroom yep. to see these lights that were spinning around, like um, the lights from a disco ball, she said it was. Wow. And she stood up on the bed to get a look outside and she could see this object which was then starting to move off. It moved off uh, probably about, I think she said about, I don't know, maybe 500 metres away and it hung, went, had gone up higher mm. and it was hanging in the sky silently and it stayed there for about an hour and then it left. Really? A whole hour? Mm. yeah. Oh, my goodness me. That, mm. oh, it's just amazing, the stories. And, mm. and there's, um, they, they can go underwater too, can't they? They go into the oceans. Mm. And sometimes they siphon water up as well. Sometimes they what? They, the spaceships will siphon water really? up into the craft. <gasps> yeah. I wonder if is that to get samples again or if they, I hope they're not taking out fish. That might be their oh. form of fishing. <laughs> right. Well, we the hope they're not taking little ones. <laughs> uh, yeah, but there's, there's, a, um, oh, there's a stream of cases all over Australia where they've where the water in a water tank's gone missing or water in a swimming pool's gone missing. Really? Fact, just um, in, uh, back in, I think it was 1992, um, there was a woman who lived at Ipswich and she was driving home in the early hours of the morning at about 2am because she used to work at uh, the RECQ call centre. Mm-hmm. So she was driving um, out to Ipswich to go home from Brisbane and um, she saw this light off in the distance and as she was driving through Ipswich City Township itself, um, she pulled up at a red light behind another car and this UFO was on the opposite side of the road, uh, but it was uh, close enough to her car that she said, I I could have put my arm out of the car and uh, touched it. Wow. And she described it as silver, sleek, the length of her car, at least, with the light out of the back, I think it was, uh, and and then the lights changed. The car in front of her took off. She took off, and the object took off. Oh, they were having a race. <laughs> you know how <laughs> no, they sit and go vroom vroom vroom. Come on, then. <laughs> now the UFO was going in the opposite direction. I think oh, from memory. I can't yep. quite remember now. Yep. But um, but anyway, it took off, and she watched it sort of trail off and disappear. Mm. As she's getting close to her home. She turns down, she's at the top of her street and she can see her house a couple of houses away. And she can, uh, she drives down to her driveway and she sees this UFO is hovering silently over her neighbour's garage. Oh. So she stops there and she thinks she's scared, of course. Yep. She's thinking, I've got to, I want to drive my car into the yard, I want to get into my house. So she does that. Fiddles with a key, steps through the door of her own home, uh, and then she sees the object out the back window, which has now moved from over her neighbour's garage to over her own uh, backyard, which has a pool in it. And this is when she calls us. So we're on the phone while she's actually seeing this. (gasps) She's reporting it live to us. Oh, my goodness me. That is amazing. Yep. 
so it it um, it lit up the whole backyard, and it it um, sorry it hovered over her her backyard for um, I think she said about an hour, and then it lit up the whole backyard and it moved off into the distance again. It sat in the distance for a while, quietly just hovering, and then it just slowly took off. Uh-huh. So the next morning, she goes into her backyard and she discovers uh, a foot or 30 centimetres of water out of the pool had disappeared. Oh. Um, the little dog that had been barking at the UFO um, while it was over her backyard, it, um, over the next month it lost all its hair and it died. Oh no, I was hoping and that wouldn't be an awful story about the dog. And the big oh, no. uh, mango tree that she had also died off and she had to get it cut down. So oh. this, these are effects on the environment as well as um, cycling. Well, she didn't see, that, see it cycling the water off, but all I can tell you is that a foot of water had disappeared out of her pool the next morning. Yep. Oh, now I'm distraught about the dog. I was going well and well, thought, oh. Yeah, Do you think it was been... fright? Like it might, I think it was? It might have died of fright, like all of that from being so scared from what it saw. Uh, no, I don't think so. I think it was just the effects of the technology on the dog. Right. Oh. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, the woman herself, she didn't become ill mm. at the time. Um, I think she was in her 60s, but later on in her 80s she developed breast cancer. But, you know, that could happen that can, anyway. Yeah, yeah. But the dog, um, it was dead within a month. And I, I do think that was the effects of the technology. Oh, dear me. Oh, that mm. poor little dog. Um, mm. d- yeah, see, now I'm thinking I never thought of anything or heard of anything like that, of the effects if if you're around it. Um, I suppose it must be different with with all of them as well because there's somewhere that's happened and they've been close to it and, and that effect hasn't happened. Yes, mm. yeah. There oh. are cases where people have been close and they have developed um, illnesses soon afterwards. Yeah. Uh, and other cases they're not. Yeah. Oh, it is just so, so intriguing. I, I am so grateful for your time, for you telling us all of this. Now, do you... Um, this oh, it sounds funny, but do you have some advice for if anybody comes across something like this or an encounter or anything? Do you have any advice for them? Do you think they should get their camera out or or their phone if they can? Like you might be so like, there is a lot of people, as you said, that that don't. You, you're so busy watching that, or or you see it and then just start talking normal like it didn't happen. But if they have, if they can, do you think they should try and film it? Yeah, if they can. The problem with we have with uh, people who send in photos um, or um, footage which they've taken on their smartphone mm. is that they don't get anything else in the frame. So there's no frame of reference for us to compare the, the object, yep. particularly if it's moving, to anything else in the area uh, to get an idea of the speed. Um, yep. So it's really important, even just taking a still photo, if you can get the corner of your, a house or a tree or something that's yes. stationary yep. in the photo frame as well, that's really helpful. Yep, that's great, great um, advice, yep. Yeah, the other thing is, um, of course, not everyone's going to think to take a photo. It's just, it's just when you, if some people are so gobsmacked, they that's, don't even think about that's it. That's the know? word I was looking for. You'd be that gobsmacked and, and you, you don't want to go, yeah. well, right, where's the phone? I, I wouldn't want to take my eyes off it because I'd want to take it all in. Yes, well, that's the other thing is watch it as long as you can. Mm. Um, take in every detail. Count. You can see it and you can start to count one, two, three, mm. four. Uh, to see if, while you're filming particularly, to see if there is a break in that, whether you have missing time, for example. I see. Yep. Mm. Great advice. Yep. Um, and the other thing is don't rush to go over and be near it, touch it, yep. uh, get anywhere near it really, just observe it because um, it can have these effects on our on our bodies. Yep, that's right. Yep. And I, report it. <laughs> report it, Yes. I want to thank you so much. And if you can just once again, if you can let people know right across the world where um, they can contact you and your website details, um, that would be fantastic. Yep, they can contact us uh, through our website at UFO 
ufoRQ.asn.au. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but they can just search on the internet for UFO Research Queensland and they'll find us. We also have a YouTube channel. Oh, great. Uh, we're on Twitter and uh, Instagram. And uh, just again, just search UFO Research Queensland. You'll find us. Yep. Fantastic. Um, and... and uh, and can call us as well. Yes. But so the numbers are all on there. Yeah, that's what I was about to ask. So the, the phone number is on the website as well. Now, with your YouTube channel, do what what's on that? Do you have... Uh, well, we, so, we, have, uh, we have monthly meetings. We have membership. So we have monthly meetings. We've mm-hmm. had them for, for many, many, many years. Yep. Um, but these days we do them on Zoom online so uh, people can become members and they can join us from anywhere in the world wow and we have speakers this year we've had uh, two speakers from the UK uh, one from New Zealand um, uh, Mm. one from Germany so you know and we have that once a month and um, we're bringing more of the international flavor in now that we have you know access to Things like Zoom, those lovely, lovely platforms. Yes, yes. Makes us more of a global village, doesn't it? Yeah, it absolutely does. So, so yeah. people can actually become a member and then join in with you and join in on the meetings, and and so that's they what can. the YouTube thing is about. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, well, well, actually, we do those live. They're private on Zoom to start with, but after a few months, mm. we put those onto our YouTube channel, and people can watch them for free. Yep. Um, but membership also includes. A, uh, a subscription to our bi-monthly digital journal called UFO, uh, UFO Encounter. Right. And we publish the reports that we receive in there as well as articles and research. Yep. Mm. All righty. Well, I want to say the biggest thank you once again for taking your time to have a talk today on the podcast. I am so enthralled. I could sit here all day. If I'd have brought my lunch, I tell you, I'd be just sitting here for <laughs> hours. It is so intriguing to me. And what an interesting life you lead doing all of this. And good on you, I say. Congratulations for all that you do. And a big, big thank you. I think oh, it's Oh, you're wonderful. very welcome. And thank you for having me on your podcast. Oh, you have a podcast too, don't you? Yes, we do. Um, besides the UFO Research Queen and the work I do there, I also have... Um, well, not myself, mm. but uh, a Strange Encounters Down Under where we talk about UFOs and the paranormal and uh, cryptozoology. Oh, so you'll hear things about yowies and I love and it. Like that. Yep, so you can find us Strange Encounters Down Under on YouTube. Yep, uh, or on Facebook. Okay, I am looking that up straight away as soon as I get off the phone. That mm-hmm. that is so my sort of thing. I love it. Alrighty. Well, thank you once again for your time and all your information. Uh, I am hugely grateful. It is just inspiring and awesome and I love it. So everyone, if you need the details again of of how to find um, all that we just talked about, I tell you, replay it, listen again and then then you'll hear it. So thank you, thank you once again, Cheryl. I am very grateful for your time. Thanks, Alana. Thank you. Bye. It's been a pleasure. Oh, thank you. I, I think we should get you back to talk about things very soon. We'll talk about just sightings or something like that. Well, I can talk about strange encounters too. <laughs> oh, yes. Okay. Oh, it's a date. Let's do that in, in a couple of months. I'll definitely get you back and we can talk about all of that. Sure. Yay. Happy to. All right. Thank you so much. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Because I can. For all info, go to www.alanafitzgerald.com.au. Been a few too many W's there. Anyway, thanks for listening to Alana's Because I Can podcast. Because I can.